This is the Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge, where I cover or uncover some of the biggest coaching industry questions that many of us are asking so that we can get underneath what makes coaching work and where it might even go wrong for individuals and as an industry to help its reputation and worth grow well into the 22nd century to have even more impact. I hope you enjoy the series. Today's episode features the brilliant Karen Skidmore, who is a coach. I know her locally from where I live in Surrey in the UK, but I also follow her content and I'm on her email list. And the episode came out as a result of an email that Karen sent that I had to talk to her about. We'll share more in the episode what that email is and the title and why it raised our discussion on six-figure businesses, what they really mean, what we're aiming for, what it is when we decide that's what we want or we're going for it and when people promote and shout about six and even seven-figure businesses, how we can look past some of the stats to really understand what's going on for them and for us in terms of working out if that's what we really want. It was a wide ranging discussion and you'll hear us talk about money quite a bit and our mindset and the coaching industry on how we market ourselves. This episode was recorded just before coronavirus really hit in the UK, so early March. I've delayed putting it out there because it just felt right to um, and it feels really good to share it now. In the last three months, obviously, life has changed and been growing and developing for lots of us in different ways. I've also been doing some really interesting money mindset work, and that has opened my eyes to some further developments that I've been feeling about my own understanding of how I interpret um, success, wealth, and share that with my clients as well. I'm going to be doing more episodes on that, but for the moment, this one is excellent on having us understand we can look past what people say, what people market, to truly get an alignment with what we want for our businesses. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, Karen. Nice to see you. Yes, thank you very much for having me. Karen, would you share? I know who you are and what you say you are, but I would love you to share with everyone who's listening today who you are and what you say you are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm Karen Skidmore. Um, I've been working my own business now for 15 years, so uh, been around the block a few years. Um, And um, where I work now is predominantly with people who are working really hard, pushing, then driving their businesses forward. Um, So I see a lot of people burning out, trying to get things working, and they're getting really frustrated when they don't. Um, And particularly the kind of people that I work with are usually, usually women, but men as well in their 40s and 50s, when there's also a lot of other things going on, stress levels, they're often that sandwich generation, caring for children and elderly relatives yeah um there's the change of life menopause andropause you know all of that going on so when those sorts of things happening and you're trying to drive a business forward there's a lot of burnout and people are overwhelmed confused so my role now is uh, as a business coach um, marketing mentor um, we'll come on to that obviously what kind of tags we give yeah <laughs> um, but I simplify the business growth process so I teach something called true profit business which is about reconnecting 
what we really want our businesses to give us so we can design a business model and marketing systems to support that. So it's a true profit rather than chasing a six-figure business dream, which is I think what we're talking about today. It, it is a lot about what we're talking about today. And I wanted to share with anyone listening that I've known Karen for a little while, but one of the reasons I wanted to get her on to talk to her today was because I'm on her email list. And about a month ago, I think it was, uh, she, you, sent a brilliant email, which basically I think was entitled Six Figure Crock of SHIT. Yeah, no, I was having a rant that week. <laughs> it's a great title to open up. <laughs> and uh, actually, I always open up your emails anyway. Thank you. I read it, and as soon as I read it, I was like, right, let's have a chat about this because I think I want to chat to you about it and I want other people to hear this chat as well. So, yes, today we, we are going to talk a lot about money, but I also would like to, as you know, this is Coaching Uncovered podcast, and one of the things I like to do here is think about where we are in the coaching world. Um, most of the people who I have and will be interviewing are in the coaching world in some way. And you called yourself, did you say marketing coach? Um, Business I, coach, you, you know, Yeah, so I, 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 I basically call myself whatever anybody wants to call me. So I have this approach that if you want to call me a coach, I'll be a coach. Right. Um, but, you know, some people might call me a mentor. Some people might call me a consultant. Um, advisor there's so many different labels and I know it's something that um, I have struggled with particularly in the early years when I yeah. first started off as a life coach that's how I began yeah um, that's what got me out of corporate life was and this was back before coaching which was now you can't move without bumping into half a dozen coaches um, you know this is in fact going back I st still remember the day when I was in the office and people go so you're going to go and work as a life coach and I remember someone turning around and goes wow you have to be in a swimming costume all day oh like, what and she thought lifeguard she thought I meant something because <laughs> life coach back then we're talking 2003 2004 just wasn't known um it was only just start beginning so I when I first started I wore that badge of coach proudly and then literally within a few years, I mean, as I say, there was just coaches were just dropping from everywhere. Yeah. I did have a, a real, am I a coach? No, I'm not a coach. I don't know. Who am I? Because there was a lot of conversations starting back then about what accreditation and what allows you to be called a coach. Um, whereas now I just go, it's just a label. You know, if you want to call me a business advisor, business mentor, business coach, I use coaching in the work that I do. Yes. And I'm not a pure coach. I will give advice when I think it's needed and I'm not afraid to tell my clients how I see, but there's a lot of reflection. So I use it, I use it as a coaching toolbox within the work that I do. Yeah. There's also mentorship advisory, telling it how it is type of approach. I love that because it's actually saying, you know what, it's, you're probably then also very intuitive about what the client needs rather than this, this yeah. person will only ever get a coaching approach um, purely. They might need at times somebody to say to them, not what to do, but this would look good if you did this in the sense yes. of the outcomes you'll have, right? Yeah, so I went through that process of um, uh, getting really frustrated about being a non-judgmental coach and I had to 
uh, ask questions such as, well, if you knew the answer to that, what answer would it be? And I go, God, I feel like I've got plenty enough to get asking that question. It was like, I hate it when people ask, ask me that. So like, just tell me the bloody answer. Um, so I went through that process of just going, geez, I could be any coach I want to be. Let's not just get hung up with how I was, went through my accreditation. And I was able to just loosen it up. So I've never pretended to be a, uh, and there is a time and a place absolutely for pure coaching, but that's not who I am. And that's yeah. what I put myself out to be. People come to me to be, get my advice and recommendations about what to yeah. do with their business and marketing with coaching as part of that toolkit. But do you know, I think that's lovely because you're actually able to articulate it really well. Of course you are. That sounds patronizing. You could, you say that so well, Karen. I mean, to other people, so they understand what they're getting as well, because so often yeah. we might engage with a coach or somebody to support us in some way. And we may not as a consumer fully know quite what it is or quite what we expect. Um, so clarity on both sides as a consumer and the person offering the service yeah. is just vital, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because it is about your clients, your person that who is paying you money. What, how do they perceive you as? Now, I work with a lot of coaches, so it's a, it's a term I can use really easy with my own clients. But a lot of my clients, if they put themselves out and, you know, in front of their clients, call themselves a coach, their clients don't wake up on a Monday morning going, oh, I really fancy a coach to help me with my nutrition today. They just go, oh, my nutrition is out the window and I need help with it. Do you know what I mean? They, they don't necessarily look for a coach. Um, right. So it's kind of like, yeah, releasing those labels off us um, and being being the right people for our client base, not right. for where we think we should be in the industry. Can we talk about your email? Yes, let's talk about my email. <laughs> I'm going to read a part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so really what you said, in fact, I've got a blog post up that you linked to after it as well. Do you remember how you were feeling when you wrote it? Yeah, I was, I was feeling really peed off. I have to, I was, I was just, I was just, it was probably the right time of the month for me to be going, Nye. I was just, oh, just, yes, I needed to get something off my chest. <laughs> so the bit I wanted to share really was uh, you'd said that your LinkedIn account was being bombarded with requests to connect with people yeah. who claim to want to help me drive my business to six figures and beyond. And, and I liked your kind of reference. I get it. The pipe, if the pipeline is feeling shaky and you're wondering where the next client is coming from, you have to focus on your sales and marketing. But when so many solutions, inverted commas, seem to be using lack and fear as their hooks, I yes. really do get F-E-C-K-E-D off. Yes. <laughs> I, yeah. Can you talk yeah, and it about really does. I mean, I just think we are, um, the way it has grown, and, and I first started seeing six figures being used as a, as a solution within the, particularly this is the coaching industry, coaching, yeah. therapeutic, consultancy, those of us who are selling our expertise in a, intangible way mm. um, I first started seeing it as a label to be used in marketing terms it was back in about 2014 2015 right and I can see why it all began it makes sense because six figures um, 100,000 or more is a sign of that the a business has got to a point where it is a what I would call a and I say a proper business it's a business, certainly here in the UK, that you become VAT registered. Yeah. You know, as soon as you go into VAT 
registration and the reason it's set up and I can't where are we now about registration it's about 85 86,000 yeah, yeah around yeah. that yeah. This, is, this is for the UK um, and I know appreciate other countries will have different VAT thresholds but it's an, the reason it's that point is that the business has got to the point where it is adding value to the economy which is right. why it's value added tax so I totally get there is an absolute reason that when you get a business size to £100,000 or more, or whatever currency we're talking about, it is a business in the sense that it's adding value. Mm -hmm. It is more than just having a job. It is more than just being a freelancer. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I'm happy to expand on that in a minute. Mm -hmm. um, so I got where it all started, but it was when it was all starting to be latched on with the growth of internet marketing and yeah. funnels and digital uh, passive income and laptop lifestyles that I really started getting really icky with it. I was just going, and I was, is it me? Am I getting triggered by it? Right. Because at that point I hadn't hit six figures. I'd been bumping up under the BAT threshold um, and I was really resistant to that becoming back registered Yeah. Um, because I had all that monkey chatter going on my brain going, how are my clients cope with a 20% increase on my prices? And, and that went on for three years. What will it seem like on my invoices now? Yeah, how can <laughs> I, if I'm already charging grand and a half at this and I have to put 20% on it? Oh, I was... That, you know, I look back on it now and I, uh, that was my glass uh, ceiling. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, I made that decision to only become registered when I was forced to, but it took three years of my business doing 78, 81. Right. So you can look back on it now and you can see my sales. And it was only when I made a decision to become back registered that I actually it went over the threshold so it was a whole mental thing it was nothing to do about my sales and marketing it was all about my personal glass ceiling wow. so I was checking back on that time going am I being triggered because I haven't been able to smash through the six-figure mark or whatever but actually as it was starting to go it was that whole digital marketing and there is a real um and I hopefully it's becoming a bit more old school um, and I think a lot of us can see through it now, but there was a real period of 2018, 2017, 2018, where there was this whole making us feel really shit about our businesses and shame and FOMO and all that kind of secret glass smoke mirrors. And it was really coming from digital marketing land. And right. I said that in a way that because they could see they were selling technical digital products it wasn't necessarily coming from the coaching industry as such but, but the coaching industry latched onto it right yeah and the coaching industry latched onto it and suddenly we had this sort of like piranha type feeding zoo going on of people going off and learning from the real experts the real gurus at the top and it was like a pyramid cell and people were selling six-figure solutions but the only reason they were credible in selling it is because they bought the system of someone else and they made six figures by selling six figures. Right. And then Instagram came onto, this, onto the thing. And Instagram really <laughs> peed me off because all of a sudden there was this whole myriad of people going, oh, Instagram will change your business, get a six-figure business, buy my Instagram marketing system. And yet when you got under the hood, the only reason they were making money is because they were selling how to do Instagram to Instagram people. Right. Who Instagram. And I'm like, what? And it was this whole pyramid sale. So I've, I've been seeing it grow and it is, it's just crazy. And I think, you know, there's a lot more of us now calling it out. And when you question anybody about, and there's, and I, this is the thing, there's nothing wrong if you're mm. 
if you're in if your linkedin headline and we were joking about this before we hit record wasn't it if your linkedin headline is i have i can help you get six figures great if the credibility is there and you yes. built your business up by over six figures without having to sell six figure formulas there is a credential behind the reason what it is that you're doing you go for it you know you proved yourself you've got um you've got the cv you've got yes. the substance to teach it but if you're selling it because you've just bought a system that sells six figures it's like let's call it out for how it is it's like all you're doing is you're be you're you're just pranering off right. the coaching industry um and it's adding to the feeling of lack and we, and we all know that us coaches we tend to be more sensitive people because that's the field that we're in we're in a caring profession so it's really easy for us to get made be made to feel yes. like we are of lack um and there's there's a lot of icky stuff out there um so be careful of the reasons why you're going into that six-figure right. marketing funnel. Uh, you've raised a really, I mean, it's amazing points there. I've actually just written down some of the language you use there, which is fascinating, isn't it? I mean, you said piranha, which is just like evil and fast and killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't escape it. Um, you also said earlier about like my own personal belief or mindset about getting over the VAT threshold and should I smash through it it's all of that very masculine language isn't it which yeah probably traditionally money was always related to and and I think that as we've gotten more women speaking up more women going into the industry more women doing business in a way that females can and want to do business it feels like that language is becoming obsolete is that is that your yeah. Well, interesting, it's like it was the research I was doing around my true profit business yeah. model. And when I started, and I really, going back a bit, when I came up with the phrase true profit, it was that what really is the profit behind your business? So if you have a six-figure business, a six-figure business is defined because of your revenue, it's your yeah. total sales. Yeah. But what profit are you actually making from it? Because again, I have had many good friends of mine running quarter of a million pound training businesses and then lucky for them to be even pay themselves to buy a cup of coffee at the same station when they're traveling up and down the country because all the money is paying for their team and their internet support systems and their Facebook ad campaigns and yada, yada, yada. Um, so I was doing, you know, what is the true profit behind the business? What do you really want to get out of it? And I kind of fell out of love with the phrase because, oh, it's not about the money. And yet when I then started looking back about the, the etym etymology of the word profit. So profit today is, de is defined as um, it's the, the difference between sales and, and gross margins. Mm -hmm. Like, yay, I want to make a margin today. I mean, it's not, it's not sexy at all, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in monetary surplus. Oh. Um, uh, but that, you know, technically is what an accountant will say profit is. Yeah. But if we go back and look at the meaning of the word, in fact, I've, I've got my book out because I remember the phrases. I if love you this. go back to 1300, the word profit comes from the old French proofy or porfi. My French isn't very good. Meaning benefit advantage. Okay. Even further back, the real uh, you know, background behind the word profit is the Latin word proficer, which means accomplish, make progress, be useful, do good, have success. Oh, lovely. And that, for me, is what I believe true profit is about, is that, yes, there's money energy, 
we need the creativity energy, but we also have the impact energy around business. Right. And when and that's why I really do feel that where we're we're looking at the um, as you've already insinuated, a lot more women coming into business. We're adding not necessarily a um, it's not a woman and male thing here. We're just coming more into the feminine side. Yeah. Um, which is the opposite of the masculine push and drive. It's the, the head, heart, yin, yang, moon, sun. Um, and suddenly we're recognising that actually the, the profit that we get from our business is about what, what good we're doing with our business. But right. we still need money, that important energy of money, to make it happen. We can't have, even have a charity or social enterprise without making a profit. Right. Um, so it is really interesting how... I believe where we are coming more back into what the original word that profit was designed to be, which is about doing good and accomplishing. Yeah. So suddenly, you know, it means that that I think a lot of coaches should hopefully feel more in tune with money. And, and, and I know that again, I see a lot of coaches struggle with money because the whole mindset and thinking about what money is and, uh, you know the feeling of lack and money grows on trees or only rich bad people have money you know all of that kind of stuff that goes on and we sort of just come back and remember what is profit right it's how we define it in our own business and yes it is about money in the bank but it can also it's about making a difference and a finding a way that gives us our flow and our creativity and being a human being which i know is what you're all about as well isn't it about making sure we are human beings not human doings. right and that we're as self-compassionate to ourselves even when we're doing very traditionally uh unself-compassionate things like let's say like the hustle and all those kind of activities that we need to keep our business going i really like this idea you're right um i mean i obviously work i'm a coach myself and in the world i work in i also love connecting with highly emotionally intelligent people and we, I'll put myself in there. I don't know if you are, Karen. I assume you might be, but <laughs> we. I'm a little bit off the scale of HSP. <laughs> right, nice. Hello. Oh yeah. Just that feeling of traditionally how we might have been brought up around money or feel about what it is to talk about money. And I think when we become business owners, and particularly business owners who are in the coaching or supporting world, it's a very bizarre thing to suddenly then be faced with the idea that you need a business mind about your money. It's not, I will be paid to help change someone's life, which we all hope we're doing, but it's also, I will be paid so I can make a profit to live. So I selfishly give it to myself too. That's the part I think that we can really struggle with, isn't it? And mm-hmm. then when... No, we- and I think the first time I ever really saw this um, was, this is way, way back. I used to do marketing workshops, like £35 a head. And just when <laughs> I was starting out, and I always remember this marketing workshop I was running and it was like had a room full of five people um and (laughs) one coach in there and it was about I can't remember what it was about but anyway money came up it was about marketing and the value we put on ourselves and the coach in the room turned around in deathly seriousness and said so at the moment I need to change my pricing structure because I'm happy to accept the work that I do for a bag of apples is that wrong and I remember looking at it going, a bag of apples. Uh, okay. Bag of apples. How is that going to pay? And, you know, and she'd already been talking about how she didn't have any money to, to live and pay her rent and everything. And it's like, wow, there are, you know, we, 
often get so caught up with the value of ourselves and there she was struggling to um, charge more than a bag of apples for her service. Um, So that was the first time I experienced, and this is like in the early stages of recognizing how deep um, some people have about money issues and being able to understand the value and making sure that we are charging what the value that we put on ourselves. And you're quite right. We have to live. um, And if we are not, um, you know, got a good roof over our heads and we're not serving ourselves in the way that money is intended to, um, how can we show up with the right energy and impact yeah. clients? Um, it's the old oxygen tank, isn't it? In the aeroplane right. situation, put the oxygen tank on yourself before you help other people. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it can be really deep-rooted, this money stuff, with some people. T- talk to me about um, success, because mm. what I see a lot of... Um, I guess I'm on Instagram a fair, a fair bit. It's one of my sort of uh, channels of choice, I guess you could say. And I really enjoy it. I enjoy it now. I've made it work for me. One of the things you can see a lot, I don't know so much if you see it on LinkedIn. Maybe I'm just not there enough to see it. But, you, you know, you do see make a six-figure month or make six figures in six months. <clears throat> or maybe I'm just attuned to the messages there. And yeah. one of the things I struggle with that is this balance between being a coach who supports other business owners to, to live their full potential, to really believe in themselves. So how could I criticize that <clears throat> if, if I'm then saying to any of my clients, uh, don't be like that, though? <laughs> <laughs> one of the solutions I've come up with for myself, and I'd love to know what you think about this, is hmm. I think it, this is a very personal reaction to it, which is I absolutely applaud anyone sharing anything about money. But for me personally, I can only take you seriously if you share your profits. If you say I made 300,000 in the first few months of this year, amazing. But I kind of also want to know what you spent and how and how you got it in order for me to take you seriously. Mm. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, I think bravo. I just think if you're, if, particularly if you, if, if if somebody is thinking of investing with somebody, yeah. who is selling their solution as six figures in six months, then I would absolutely want to know the the nuts and bolts of well, what is involved and what do you, what do you prepare? What do you expect me to spend to be able to get that? And I think a lot of people go in there with their eyes, you know, literally sort of like, oh, okay, this is buying the solution and, yeah. and, and buying the hype um, without recognizing that behind every six-figure launch is a six-figure Facebook ad campaign. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, you know, we've, we've really moved on. I think this is, this is a really important point is that three, four years ago, I wouldn't say it was easy and I'm not sitting here because I'd, I've never had a six-figure launch. So it was never, never part of what I wanted to yeah. do. But I've had plenty of friends who have done. And three, four years ago, I would say it was probably simpler to do. Whereas if you're trying to do a six-figure launch now, like if you've got a product or program that you mm. want to put out there, um, the cost of Facebook ads and Instagram ads now, the amount of money, and we're talking tens of thousand pounds a month, to be able to test a campaign, to be able to get enough leads and conversions out of it is astronomical. And I was speaking with this with a mentor literally just a couple of months ago, and I was looking at my business growth and and going, well, look, one of the things that I wasn't prepared to do this year, I was going, oh, 
got to, I've got to do bloody Facebook ads. Oh, and I was all the energy around it, and I've dabbled them here and there, and I could really feel the energy of going. God, there's something about them I just don't like, and it's like. And I was talking it, talking it over with her, and she said, "No, you're right, Karen. You've got to trust your instincts here." And she was yeah. showing what was going on for her and how much, how much literally tens of thousands of US dollars she had spent on Facebook ads that they're basically gone enough. And look, coming back to um, other strategies, other ways. Um, So where there's a lot of this, I'm not saying it doesn't work, but the amount of money that you have to invest now in adverts to be able to get that is is very high. You know, that has massively changed literally in the last 18 months to two years. Well, earlier when you were saying, oh, back in 2013, 14, I was like, oh, that's only six years ago. It's not that, but I know it's fast in the online world. It's fast, so technology and the way it's moving. Um, So, you know, the cost of advertising is through the roof now. So you have to come with very big pockets to be able to do this. Um, And I think the other thing as well to be thinking, what was the other point I was thinking about as well, is, um, and then it's hiring people. And I remember, this is going back a few years, where I I was speaking to a few people about, well, maybe I do need to do a six-figure launch. Let me see. (laughs) I don't want to have to do it myself. I know I need to bring an expertise in. And I remember having this conversation with, and she, there was no doubt her expertise. She was basically an online business manager. Um, and she she's had plenty of experience. I checked out her portfolio. We had a long chat, and then I sat down afterwards and went, "Geez, so it's going to cost me thirty thousand yeah. pounds over six months." In the hope, and it causes no guarantees, and she was yep. really honest and upfront about it. And then I would have to at that time was going to spend about another twenty thousand pounds on Facebook ads, with the hope that I might get. 60 to 150,000 pounds worth of sales and I sat there when I could do it but I don't want to do that I don't want to have to because I'm going to be paying out all her the money for her to do it yes and And I was like okay so what's my markup I might end up with say 20 30,000 pounds in my pockets in profit do you know what I could just get on the phone to a few people have a few strategy days run a workshop I'd make that money far simpler more gracefully and I think that's the difference is like, what is your reason for doing those six yeah. figure launches or wanting to do it? Because actually the profit in it, you, there's every chance there's a simpler way right. of being able to do it. Now, there's sometimes a, there's a reason for doing it if you're if you are on that growth and it's and that's just right. And you want to do it. You yeah. love technology. You like being the numbers and the metrics and that suits your personality. Go, go for it. It yeah. is possible. Um, but I know I've had those turning points in my business going, nah, now I, I, you know what, where I am at the moment, don't want to do that. I could do something much easier. That's so good though, because that's actually trust uh, tuning into what you need at the right time. Yeah. I've got to say full disclaimer, we've probably talked about this before anyway, but I started using ads about a year and a half ago and I had exactly the same feeling as you. And I did some work around almost shame on using Facebook ads. Why would I need them? If I'm already kind of successful, why would I need ads? And so I did quite a lot of work on that. And it was really interesting to work through it. And then now use ads in a way that I really enjoy them and have made them work for me. But you're right. Not that you weren't right before, but it is. You, you, do need, you need a budget. You need patience. You usually need help with it. Um, 
and you've got to know that it's something you're doing for the long term rather than yeah. and I, that was the other point i was going to say sustainability of it because actually it's easy to make a six-figure launch it's not so easy to do it again and again and again right and i think this is what a lot of people see is that they buy into these systems and it and it kind of and i put magic fingers in the air it works but when they try to replicate it again and make it sustainable business it's much because you've kind of picked all your low hanging fruit. Right. Um, something's new and exciting. When you try and do it again and rinse and repeat it, and, and that's really essentially what it takes a successful business is the sustainability of it. Are yeah. you able to sustain your growth? Are you able to create a business that allows you to have less effort and have more reward from it? So, I mean, that's, that's really kind of what I get from most people is that they actually want more from less. I mean, that's yeah. why the phrase do less be more. Um, you know, you don't want to keep working harder and harder and harder just to be able to try and do more and more and more. That's where you get burnout. Right. So if you haven't got that sustainability option, then why do it at all in the first place? You yeah. know, actually, the it's, it's, it's the classic story of the hare and the tortoise. You know, who won the race in the end? Oh, um, the you know. gentle, kind soul who is plodding along. <laughs> <laughs> so, Karen, what would you say there's a kind of two questions in one here but how do you think business owners building and growing their business now and into the next five ten years what would you advise them to look out for around the money conversation and what would you say to them about their own money management or thoughts I would say the more time and energy and resources you put into understanding the money story that goes within you, you'll reap it back. So, you know, if you're thinking about how to grow a business, it, nine and a half, 99.9% of the time, it, the growth comes from within first. So money is a really important energy. We, we can't deny it. We can't just pretend it doesn't exist. Uh, we can't just hide behind our screens and try and create lots of digital things in the hope that we never have a sales conversation because that's it's just that's maybe just, some of us do <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the hope that some people but actually it's like we, we it's embracing that money so the more that we can um, keep developing the money conversations and understanding what how money energy works within us it's going to show up more fruitfully in our business um, for sure. Um, I see, and I, and this is already starting to see happen in sort of huge trends. Um, you know, we've seen already, you know, that the conversation around climate change and plastics and Greta Thunberg and everything that we're starting to realize is like, wow. Okay. So there comes a point as well. It's like, how much good are we doing with our business? As I said, you know, what going back to the original where profit was actually as a word, you know, the, right. the etymology that came from, and I think as well, what, what I really would love to see, and certainly this is my vision um, in the world of business, is that we are changing the way that we're doing business. So actually, money is one measurement in success. Right. But how do we measure our impact? How do we measure um, how we create in our business? And making sure that those metrics are just as important, doesn't have to be more important, but just as important than that profit and loss account that we submit for our accountants yeah. because that's what tells the whole story success of a business it's money is one sign of metric success 
Um, if it's not there, then it's sometimes a quite obvious one was, is the business not working? Yeah. But we need to balance it out with the measurement of impact, the, the goodness that we're doing with our business. And I think that's going to be a, a challenge for a lot of us is how do we measure that in metric terms? Um, and how do we measure that creativity and innovation? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and bring those energies into business. So there's no question about it. We need to change the way that we do business. We are starting to change the way that we do business. We're, I am seeing signs of it. And, um, you know, I feel the coaching community in particular is a real, real force for good to be able yeah. to do that. Um, and we don't have to think about just because you're a coach and you're a do-gooder, um, you know, the impact that business that doing good and we're seeing things like b corps yeah um, business do good i mean there, there's a real um you know it's coming primarily from the entrepreneurial market into the corporate market we have an opportunity to change the way the corporates think as well um so i have in, a lot they're of innovating the, yeah they're, they're innovating off the back of entrepreneurs innovation aren't they yeah exactly exactly you know and, and it is really down to us because the small business and, and it is it's something like about 98 percent of businesses in the uk are small businesses i.e i think it's like 10 or 15 employees and less you know so we make up 98 percent of the economy um and we have tremendous opportunity to change the way that you know business is for good um we don't have to succumb to the fact of the rules that Amazon play and Google and, and don't pay tax and blah, 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 and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so, so yeah, so I have a lot of, lot of hope and a lot of vision for how business um, can do a, a hell of a lot of good for this planet and humanity. Isn't that a beautiful message? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Karen, thank you so much. Is there any final point you'd like to make about the whole six figure money <laughs> marketing approach? Oh, I, I think it's just, it's not, it's not a bad thing. Mm. And I, I don't want this to be seen as you know, six figures is not bad. It's just go into it eyes wide open right. and understand, is it an ego driven thing that you're chasing? Or is it something that you genuinely believe is going to serve you for the needs that you want from your own income and the needs that your customers and your clients want? Will yeah. it serve the purpose that you're doing business? If so, you go for it, you make it happen, but don't just chase it because someone's trying to flog you a funnel or system for £10,000 because you're feeling ashamed that you're not being successful. Um, so open up your eyes, ladies and gents, and just see it for what it is. And as you said, ask those questions, you know, question their credibility, yeah. look for proof. What will it take for me? What do I need to spend? What resources do I need to have to enable this to happen? Yes. And go into it with eyes wide open. And if, if that's what you want to do, then you now have a plan of how do I get those resources right. to make that happen? Oh, that's awesome. Like, mm. yeah, take, it's, it's gently taking responsibility, isn't it? That's what I'm hearing exactly. you say. <laughs> Absolutely. Lovely. Take full responsibility yeah. and own whatever it is that you make the decision. Don't don't then blame the people that you've spent the money with saying, well, it's their fault. Mm, you made the decision to buy with them. So, yeah. you know, we've got to take responsibility for our own actions. Absolutely. That's also a very good uh, podcast episode. I can perhaps <laughs> get you on to talk about that. <laughs> Karen, where can everyone find you? 
Um, you can come to my website, karenskidmore.com. You'll find mm -hmm. a whole load of resources there about my, the events that I run. A really good place to get started is my book, True Profit Business, which you can get on Amazon or any other book site. Um, and come over and take the True Profit test. Um, you'll see there and you can find out how well aligned your business is with the energies of money, creativity and impact. And it gives you, it's a reflection tool to work out what might be going wrong. So if you're working your business right. really hard and you don't quite know what, what needs changing, take the True Profit test, which you'll find on my website, and it will show you what might be out of alignment. Oh, amazing. I, you know, I love your message. It, it completely resonates with me. So thank you. Um, I will put all your links and reference in the book in the show notes so people can find you there as well. Thank you, Karen. Have a really nice day, won't you? Thank you very much. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Coaching Uncovered podcast with me, your host, Emily Hodge. To find more episodes, find me over on Instagram at gentle underscore life underscore mindful underscore business, where I share each episode as they're launched and hear your comments too. You can find the podcast on iTunes and Acast also. Have a great day.